TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to another edition of the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Wednesday. I almost wanted to say Tuesday with Labor Day being a holiday. The week flies by. It's already Wednesday. It's already hump day. Thank you so much for joining us. TalkZone.com. Two Guys at a Mic. I'm the coach, John Cope, producer. Today on the other side of the window pane, or sometimes we like to say the pane... On the other side of the window, David Olson, our outstanding producer, the big dog. Joe Edwanska will be joining us hopefully in a a couple of minutes. And you can join us also. You can join us immediately or take your time. Let it soak in a little bit. Join us in the second half of the show. Join us in the first half of the show. Join us at any time you would like by dialing up at 888-463-6748. You can join us uh, via telecommunicational, wireless, systematic reniggerisms. By emailing it at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I do know that you can email in at Mike2Guys, AOL.com. We'll read some of your fine comments over the year. That's M-I-C and the number two, Mike2Guys, AOL.com. By the way, one thing we forgot to mention on yesterday's show, the opening of Beat the Schmoes. A highly, highly impressive. We, I remember we teased it right before our first break and then uh, Bad Host. Did not come back after the tease. Inexcusable. Once again, uh, one of our rules here is when we make bad mistakes like that omissions, we tend to blame our producer, David Olson. It's much easier than actually taking the blame ourselves. But uh, the Schmoes, there's no blame to be laid over the weekend. The Schmoes go 3-0, and 3-0. and No, i got to admit it was barely. The big dog, Joe Radwanski, coming in at 3-0. and I shocked the world because I have uh, been the living embodiment of what a schmo is in football predictions. If you're new to the show, we play a game each and every Friday during the football season. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We here at the uh, Two Guys at a Mike show, we play Beat the Schmoes. Pick any three games, high school, college, or pro, and pick them against the point spread. And I think we got the big dog on the line with us uh, right now. Big dog, I was uh, telling our fine listeners out there that we forgot to bring up a glittering, glittering week one and Beat the Schmoes. You, my friend. As the leadoff hitter, started off with a 3-0 record. Highly impressive. Are you worried you've set the bar too high? No, because I know eventually I'm going to have an 0-3 weekend, and that just makes it the fact that hopefully I'll be above 500 this year a little bit more likely, Coach. Yeah. And now, you know, I, I got a little bit afraid because you, you know what? that uh, The LSU-North Carolina game, which which I had at plus 7, it was actually plus nine and a half when the game went off. Mm-hmm. But technically, on the beat the Schmoe game, I lost like two and a half points because North Carolina, they lost 15 players, and they added five extra players were added to that particular list by the time I had picked the game. Yeah, that's amazing. And the game was at Louisiana State, correct? No, no, it was at uh, the Georgia Dome. Okay. So it was there was just as many North Carolina fans there as there were uh, LSU fans. Interesting. A neutral site game. Is that a traditional matchup, or I don't remember? No, this is a, okay. a new thing. It's the Chick-fil-A Preseason Bowl. 
Interesting. So, so it's, uh, that's going to be every year they're going to do that? Well, yeah, that's, that's what they're, they're, they want to do it every year. Mm-hmm. This is the first year they've ever done it. And mm-hmm. what they want to do next year is to introduce all the new college football Hall of Fame inductees mm-hmm. at the game. That's what that's what their host for. I was listening to the halftime yeah. show, and that's what the president of Chick-fil-A was saying. As far as I'm concerned, whatever Chick-fil-A says, Chick-fil-A goes. They are becoming a, a dominant force in the world of college football. I don't think it'll be too long before a lot of things in our life, Big Dog, will probably be uh, run either in front of the scenes or probably behind the scenes by Chick-fil-A. I think Chick-fil-A is slowly taking over a good part of our American mainstream. Uh, and they don't even have uh, one of those uh, restaurants in the Midwest, which is kind of strange no. if you're saying that. Coach. No. I guarantee you're going to see Chick-fil-A will buy out like Walgreens in the near future, maybe buy out Walmart. They'll probably be uh, supporting some political candidate. You know, we got a new mayoral position open in Chicago. Chick-fil-A, again, probably behind the scenes, will probably dictate who the next mayor of the city of Chicago is. That's how powerful they are. Yeah, that's big news. Yeah. Big, big news, by the way, Coach. I'd rather talk about beat the schmoes. But yeah, if you, you start off with a bowl right game, yeah, I'm, I'm into the whole Chick-fil-A thing. I see. I think I've, I've, it's a smoldering uh, controversy going on. You start off with a bowl game, then all of a sudden, opening game of the season, you're dictating where the North Carolina LSU match can play. Next thing you know, it's a building thing, Big Doug. We'll talk in 20 years. But remember, you heard it for, here first, Chick-fil-A starting to take over our American mainstream. All right, can we go back to beat the Schmoes? Yeah, you know, I don't know why they don't do those preseason games anymore anyways. Because they used to do the Pigskin Classic, and mm-hmm. they used to do, like, uh, the Black Coaches, uh, yeah. uh, I forget the exact Black Coaches Classic, and all of a sudden they quit doing them. I, I, I don't know why they quit doing those things. Well, those games I, were I, great. I just gave you the answer. The executives of Chick-fil-A behind the scenes, they nixed it. And then they waited five years to start up their own? Exactly. It's all part of a subversive plot. You can you know, read they, it in my they, new book. The, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I read Shogun, and they, you know, because it's like 1,200 <laughs> pages long, and they said, if you really want to be successful at war, you must be patient. So these chick fil people know what they're doing. <laughs> See, now now you're coming over to my side. I'm starting right. to, I'm starting to uh, persuade you just a bit. I might need to read Mechelvalia, Mechelvalia, <laughs> just figure out with you know what Chick Fil A is doing. So. <laughs> you know the book uh, that I just read that you gave me a double cross. The oh, whole, you know the story, the whole story of the mafia and our good friend Sam Giancola. I'm going to go back a ways. I'll, I'll bet you you'll find out some connection between Chick Fil A and Sam Giancola. Sam Giancana, by the way. Go Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> you read the book. You read his name about 800 times a page. Okay. <laughs> How is, what page are you on in there, by the way? I finished it. How did you like oh, it? I, I read that puppy in like four days. I got addicted to his phenomenal book. Yeah, that's um, – so what do you think? Do you think he actually had a part in the, the John F. Kennedy assassination? Well, you know, I, I can see where you – you have, you know, you've gone overboard on it. I, it's interesting. I don't know. I think there's probably more to it. Probably somewhere between the um, – the book, which says basically the mafia controlled everything. No, no, uh, not, l- l- listen, you got to know better than what uh, – I don't think they controlled the John F. Kennedy assassination. I thought the mafia was a pawn by the CIA in the John F. Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, according way. to the book, the mafia and the CIA were, CIA were in bed together, and they were sleeping on the same side. Well, yeah, I, I, they were in bed together, but uh, the mafia was face down, if you know what I'm saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for so. that fine description. 
And don't forget, somewhere in there they were munching on a Chick-fil-A because it all started back then, I can guarantee it. And the chick's name was Judith Campbell, by the way. Oh, there were a lot of Chick-fil-A's in that particular book. Wow. Yeah, not, no, not, not treated very well, by the way. No, no. They, Maryland, they say they killed Marilyn Monroe. I mean, yep. you gotta, people got to read this book. Because yeah. I, I do think the mafia did kill Marilyn Monroe for mm-hmm. the Kennedy. Yeah. I do believe that. They say really Marilyn Monroe, uh, uh, you know, what was the, the common thought is that she took an overdose and she was clearly a troubled young lady. But according to the book, the mafia gave her the overdose and it wasn't via the, uh, it wasn't orally. Yes, it's the other way you take a temperature. Yes. Put it. Yeah. Not a good way. If you're going to commit suicide, that's not a good way to have it done to you. Coach, she didn't accidentally have an overdose because that woman was on so many different drugs every single day of her life. She yeah. called the press conference for the next morning. And there's like 50 different people that say, yes, yeah, she called the press conference for that next morning. And there was also about a thousand people that said that woman took that many sleeping pills every single night. So mm-hmm. I, it's, she did not kill herself. Interesting. Sorry, 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 we, we started off with Pete the Schmoes, and suddenly, and, and only us, only our show can do this. By the way, in a minute and forty-five seconds, we have sidetracked into the uh, the suicide slash killing of Marilyn Monroe. I'm not sure how we got to that route, but uh, it only took us a minute and forty-five seconds to get there, Big Doug. That's pretty impressive. You know, she's a little bit like Lindsay Lohan. I mean, I know she's good looking. Yep, but she's not all that to me. I don't know why she was. Such a sex figure to, of uh, the late fifties, early sixties. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you about Marilyn Monroe, uh, I do. I yeah. mean, she's a the... woman, but was she really that incredible? Norma Jean, coach. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I would say the answer to your question is uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, to each his own, but you know, I, yeah, I found her. Uh... Or when I look back at the pictures, I think she was extremely, extremely attractive. But you look into her eyes, and you can almost see, you know, looking into her eyes, there is deep trouble behind the uh, uh, exterior beauty. Yes. And, oh, yeah, that woman definitely had yep. issues, Coach. Yep. Very Stuff well like fit. Yeah. Yep. Did well. not eat too many Chick-fil-A's. I can guarantee you that. She kept up a fine diet. All right. <laughs> More importantly, Bidot, getting back to where we were two minutes and 22 seconds ago and beat the Schmoes, you won 3 and oh. Now, to be fair, and by the way, I went 3-0 also. To be fair, both of us barely squeezed by. Let's review your predictions real quick. Both of us had Purdue and the 11 over Notre Dame, and we squeaked in on that one by a half a point. It was 11-and-a-half, by the way. So we squeaked. That that game started out at 13-and-a-half. It ended up at 11-and-a-half. Yeah. So we barely got through on that one because Notre Dame did, in fact, win 23-12. to You had Illinois over Missouri. You were incorrect in your pick, but Illinois was getting how many points? I I knew Illinois wasn't going to win that that football game, but that's always a close football game. Illinois was also getting eleven and a half. Wow! So you you snuck in on a point and a half there. So uh-huh. so far you've taken two losers. We go to game number three. You picked another loser, North Carolina. They end up losing by six, and I think you got what seven at the time. Seven, even though yeah, even though that game actually did go off at nine and a half. Wow. Oh. So that is what I call impressive. I don't want to take away from the three and zero, but indeed it's the back door three and zero. You barely squeezed in. Are you ashamed at all about going three and zero that close? You know what? I, it's so funny, coach, because <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up, and there have been there have been days where the same thing happened to me. I went zero and three, and I lost like by so I won by Good a point. combined three points in Good three point. games. Good point. And I, I remember one week I lost by two and a half points and went zero and three. 
and you were giving me, and, and I said something, yeah, but I barely lost all the games. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You went over three, and you, you like, yelled at me. So I knew you were going to bring it up, so I figured I'd, I'd remind you a couple okay. years ago when you yelled at me. You are right. Over. You're right. Take take your victories where you can get them. You're going to get some bad breaks along the way. Take those good breaks and don't feel ashamed. I'm right yeah, with I'm, you. I'm sure the Giants are still showing off their Super Bowl 25 Super Bowl rings that <laughs> yeah. they should not have won if Scott Norwood kicked that yeah. field goal. How about uh, Reggie Bush? Is he still showing off his Heisman Trophy? Why not? You know, and by the way, that has got to be one of the. Uh, why don't they have they taken away their their national championship yet? I don't know. Can you review with me? Review with me real quick. What are the specific violations of a Reggie Bush and b the USC team back then? Uh, first of all, uh, the USC team really doesn't have anything wrong with it except for everything that Reggie Bush did. Okay, okay? and. I mean, there's a couple minor, 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 minor violations after they really started investigating. But if they investigate 120 teams as hard as they did USC, they're probably right. going to every single team is going to have some type of violation. What was the major? The the major one was Reggie Bush took a uh, hundred over a hundred thousand dollars from some agent who, by the way, he didn't even use used some other guy, and that particular agent paid for the housing of Reggie Bush's family. And paid okay. off like student loan and furnished their homes and did all those other okay. stuff for them. Well, that's that's, so, that's this, guy, this guy gave o- almost a quarter million dollars to Reggie Bush and his family. That's pretty significant. I would list that under the major category. Oh, oh, oh yeah, of the Reggie Bush part. But I'm talking yeah. the, the stuff that doesn't involve Reggie Bush okay. with USC that they investigated because of Reggie Bush. Right. It, it was it was minor stuff. It was like. Um, like, I don't know, somebody paid for a lap dance for one of the offensive linemen, one of the yeah. Samoan guys. That you know, can happen like anytime. That. Yeah, I mean, no come doubt. on. What's college football coming to? If you can't pay for a lap dance for a Samoan offensive lineman, I mean, there's no justice in college football. Come on. I mean, the guy, the guy was an angry Samoan, and then all of a sudden he was just yeah. uh, a frustrated Samoan. That's a hell of a large lap, by the way. Hope he, I hope he tipped well. It was like three or four girls, so that's why <laughs> I think the violation happened. You can pay for one girl, but not like three or four. <laughs> By the way, did you see? Have you seen the Hot Tub Time Machine, the movie? Um, I, I have not had my roommate uh, bootleg copy okay. that yet. The scene, uh, David Olson, our producer. I know you recommended that movie when the guy's calling up, ordering a prostitute for the four of them. <laughs> Pretty classic scene. <laughs> oh goodness! We'll we'll let people watch the movie on its own. I'm not gonna. I, I not only am I not going to. I can't relay most of the conversation, but uh, that was pretty good. Um, all right, so so one major violation, but the U, the whole USC team now cannot appear. Wait, they can appear on TV this year, but they can't go to a bowl game. Is that what the penalty is? That is exactly what the penalty is. I I think they lost like two scholarships this year. It wasn't dramatic, but if you tell a you tell it a, a Division One coach that they have two less players, it'll be pretty dramatic to them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that, that that's a Another issue, totally. But All right, well, let me ask you this: Should should the uh, Heisman Trophy be taken away from Reggie oh, Bush? Happen. That's what that's that's what I wanted to get at. Why should these? Why should I? I let me put it straight out. I do not like Lane Kiffin. I think the guy is a total stroke, and it's funny because his dad seems like the classiest dude ever. And it's funny. I like I know this one guy that I went to high school with. He's got to be one of the biggest schmucks I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And his parents the other day, and they were with the, they're the sweetest people ever. Go so, okay, do you know what I mean? It was it, it's strange, and that's how I, I immediately thought of Lane Kiffin and Monty Kiffin because yep. Monty Kiffin is one of the most likable coaches of yep. all time. Lane Kiffin, I cannot stand. Yet I got to tell you this: 
There's no reason why he should be punished for something that Reggie Bush did five years ago, nor mm-hmm. should any of those 18- and 19-year-olds who decided to go to USC. Yep. It's ridiculous. Okay, Reggie Bush should have, a, should have all his awards taken from him, his All-American duty stripped, all that stuff. Why should USC, who I'm sure at the time would have told the kid, you know what, you're suspended, we're going to go with Lendell White because you should not be taken. And mm-hmm. I do understand that they should be – they should uh, – find out what's going on with their athletes. They should try to comply at all times. But can, can they really do that? Can a coach be everywhere? Can a coaching staff be everywhere? It's a joke that these players five years later have to deal with Reggie Bush's sin. Well, and I agree with you. And, again, we haven't thrown out our phone number today, and I apologize for that. You want to join us conversation here, 888-463-6748. Very quickly, some of the topics we brought up today. Uh, Chick-fil-A taking over the college football world and soon to be the political world. B, uh, beat the Schmoes going 3-0 and and 3-0, and a shocking development. C, um, we're talking about Reggie Bush and getting his Heisman Trophy taken away and some of the penalties for USC. We'll talk some baseball coming up, too. Again, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. Oh, and D, the uh, uh, killing or suicide of Marilyn Monroe. We've covered all that in the first eight minutes and 42 seconds of the show. Big Dog, I completely agree with you. It's ridiculous that, 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 that coaches and the administrators – that committed the sins, or when the sins were committed, they get out, no penalty to them, and the yeah. new guys coming in and have to serve the penalty. They need to yeah. change that, absolutely. And to me, it's solution's pretty simple. If you know, if they found Pete Carroll knew about it, well, then suspend Pete Carroll for a year with his new job. Or, well, well, you know... The NCAA can't suspend him. Just be like, you can never coach NCAA football again. So you're stuck. If you don't make it in the NFL, you're stuck. It's a joke. This guy goes to the NFL... And I'm not saying he was even at fault like he knew about it, okay, yep. like guilty that way. But he's guilty in a sense that he let the stuff happen without knowing about it. Any coach that they find out or any administrator they find out that, you know, knowingly let this stuff go on, if they've moved on to another institution, they should serve the suspension, not yeah, the current players coming in. To me, that's not rocket science. I don't care if he's in the NFL. Put a law in that if, if he's found knowledgeable that I don't care if he's in the NFL or if he went into business or whatever, his salary is suspended for a year. I've, I've got a, another solution for it, but just, but just to add about how you're, we're right about this, what about, what about Calvin Sampson? That, that idiot, yep. I shouldn't say idiot, that slime ball leaves Oklahoma in disarray, goes to Indiana, especially like, oh, he learned his lesson, it won't happen again. He did the same thing to Indiana. Yep. Okay, so, I mean, that, that guy should never, ever, ever, ever coach again mm-hmm. in college sports. Yeah, and he, he may, okay. uh, in the very near future, be an NBA head coach. Well, let him, let him. Let so him he, go to NBA, okay? Cause you can well, he's in the, in the NBA. He's already in the NBA. He's making a nice salary. Your point is well taken. Indiana, Oklahoma, suffer the consequences. These young kids coming in that only have four years of their lives to play college basketball, two of their four years they can't play in the tournament or they can't be on TV. That's a crime while Kelvin Thompson goes on and makes a nice salary as an assistant coach in the NBA. That okay, now, goes under the definition of wrong. Now let's now let's really try to solve the problem, Coach. Okay, so let, let, let's be honest. Okay, you're, you're, a, you're a 20-year-old kid. You're not 100% certain that you're going to be a second, third, fourth-round draft pick. We're talking football, maybe basketball. So like a second-round draft pick in basketball, third, fourth, fifth-round pick in football. And all of a sudden, some agent's throwing money at you, legitimately throwing $50,000, $100,000. 
and I don't care if you're a, you know a, a, a white kid, uh, African American kid from the ghetto, you're not a hundred percent certain you're going to play in the NFL. All of a sudden, somebody's throwing a hundred thousand dollars at you because they think, hey, you know, if this kid makes a five million dollar contract, I get ten percent of that. That's five hundred thousand. I give them seventy grand now. You know, I'm, I'm making out like a bandit on this particular deal. Mm-hmm. You take the money. I don't care if you're. I don't care who you are. How many kids are going to be able to say no to that? Especially a kid who is totally impoverished, and all of a sudden you get a a hundred thousand dollars thrown given to you in cash. You're gonna you, all of a sudden your mom who raised you your whole life like, like uh, in a in a one family well, a single parent home and has a nice place to stay in a car and a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you well, I do not blame a kid for saying no. Do you know who should be totally banned from being an agent in that particular situation? Is the guy? Uh, why should that guy be that? The guy who did that to Reggie Bush is still yeah. an agent. He yeah, should have cl- his license revoked. Nick Saban is a hundred percent right. That guy is no better than a pimp. Clearly, the, the number one guy to blame, no question about, it, is the person offering the college kid the money. No yeah. question about that. He yeah. he should be the one most severely penalized. Uh, the they player don't get penalized at all, coach. They don't get penalized at all. Well, that's ridiculous. The NFL needs to step up. Mm-hmm. The NCAA is basically a farm system for the NFL. The NCAA is basically a farm system for the NBA. Okay, the the NBA and the NFL need to step up and punish the agents that are doing this. I mean, if the if the NCAA are going to do all this stuff for those two particular organizations, then. Those organizations need to step up mm-hmm. and actually help out the NCA in this particular instance. And everybody agrees besides the agents. You're telling me they know who the guy is who offered Reggie Bush the money, and you're telling me there has been no penalties, no remuneration towards the agent who was found illegally giving the money? Yeah, n- none. None. You're no. sure? I'm positive. Uh, well, that's completely ridiculous. I mean... Completely ridiculous. That's the only way to describe it. If, yeah, in fact, it? that is true, because that's the number one guy that should be penalized. When you were describing Amen. the athlete, and it's a no-brainer, he's going to take the money. I was kind of torn on that, because I can see what you're saying. And again, folks out there, you want to comment on the uh, situation at hand, and certainly it's happened uh, many times before, but the Reggie Bush USC one, now first in, out in the uh, forefront. 888-463-6748. I'm torn on that one, Big Dog, because they do know, I don't care what your economic status is, you still know right from wrong, and the university should be telling these players. Here's another thing. The university should have built in to their freshman incoming program, to their constant education with these athletes. Constant. Not one time, not a sheet of paper, but constant. Guys, watch out for the hanger-oners. Watch out for the agents. You cannot take any money. You'll get in trouble. University gets in trouble. That needs to be a ongoing message through their four years at the school. If it's not, then that's a problem with the administration. They're not doing their job. But I'm still Coach, torn on if the player is to blame or not. I can see what you're saying. It's kind of it's to me. It's a tough call. Coach, they do. By the way, they do have that. And believe it or not, when I was at Mac, little tiny Mac Murray College. Yep. We had that particular speech given to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and from what I understand, every single, every single uh, NCAA program has that particular speech at the beginning of the year. And you're also supposed to have, they have their compliance people continually yes. reminding and also watching these kids to make sure yeah. that nothing's going on. So, my point is, how could that, 
it's almost impossible to watch these kids 24 hours a day. Are they going to be watching these kids when they're off campus okay. having dinner and then, oh, find out who paid for that dinner? You know but, what I mean? Because if somebody else paid for that dinner, technically that school could lose scholarships on a bowl game. It's so ridiculously impossible to do. And all of a sudden, five years later, people that had zero, and I mean absolutely nothing to do with it, are the ones that are penalized. Okay, yeah, but you're, you're almost... two kids that don't have a scholarship this year. That's two kids that could have possibly gotten an education. Yeah. Two kids that were cut from the USC program because they weren't good enough and now have to figure out and go to a junior college school because USC revoked two scholarships. And that's another issue with the NCAA, that whole thing about how you can give a kid a scholarship and then give, you know, you can give, tell 20 kids you're going to give them a scholarship, but you only have 16 and all of a sudden four kids on uh, September 1st are told, oh, by the way, you're going to have to either pay for your school or, or transfer because you're not good enough to have a scholarship here. Mm-hmm. That is, that, uh, that's another issue. So that happened to two extra kids at USC this year, don't forget. Mm-hmm. Well, the NCAA is totally jacked up and ridiculous. And I always talk about how much I love college football. The NCAA is the National Communist Against Athletes. <laughs> that's what it stands for. Take it easy. Take it easy. I, I, look, I completely agree with you in that the current kids coming in should not in any way, shape, or form have to serve the penalty of the previous players, administration, agents, etc. But to me, your your previous argument, you kind of argued against yourself because you were wow. talking about the player being, you know, the, the, uh, perfectly innocent, not perfectly innocent, but how can they resist? You can't understand that. But now you just said that, you know, the compliance officers are constantly telling them they get the speech. So these players, I don't care if they're from impoverished neighborhoods or not, they know they're not supposed to, and they're offered the money, and they then take it. That's a pretty clear wrong of violation. So, you, But your earlier statement almost sounded like you understood and almost forgave them for taking yeah. the money. No, 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 no. Yeah, I do. I do. I absolutely. Coach, it's, you can tell somebody all day long, you, you know, don't take the money, don't take the money. Somebody handing you money when you got a, a, an impoverished mom or dad or something like that, I, I can understand. I totally can understand. Okay, it's. I, I mean, and first, and first of all, first and foremost, the sad thing is, and I, I know you're going to agree with me on this. Th- these kids are treated like they're superstars and special their whole life, anyways. For some reason, they have. If you if you're a Division One football player, ninety percent of them have been put on pedestals and yep. acted like they were better than everybody else. They don't see the world. Like you and I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's oh, oh I'm, I'm forgiving them for that particular thing. That's just the way it is. It's kind of sad, but those kids, in a way, have been told they were special their whole life, and they kind of feel like they deserve it. So when yeah. you, when they hit, are in those meetings and they hear some monotone NCAA person, you should not take the money. They're not even paying attention. That, that doesn't sink into point. these kids. It's a good point. You're right, though. Even from as young as first, second, third grade. When you are a superior athlete, you automatically in the playground, especially for guys, it's true for girls now too, but you gain popularity, yeah. right? I mean, the, the yeah. very, very good athlete is almost always one of the popular guys, and it starts from kindergarten and first grade, and it builds second, third, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh, eighth. So there is that mentality that they grow up with. So that's that's a good point you bring up with. I can understand I'm, that. I'm not forgiving them. I'm just trying to yes. explain, you know, and – and let, let's be honest, Coach. If you know you have cholesterol issues, you know, you're probably not supposed to eat certain things. You're told all the time not to eat those certain things. You probably crave those certain things, don't you? Yep. Okay. You know, 
you get you get uh, the speech at the beginning of the year that every single NCAA athlete, whether you're playing at McMurray College or or if you're playing at USC, and then and then you don't hear about it the rest of the year. Okay, the, that little speech that you have at the beginning of the year, you're not going to remember what's going on. And the and this whole compliance thing, it's not like they just have supposedly are supposed to have people monitoring these kids. How can they really monitor them monitor them at all times? And and I got to be honest with you, coach. If somebody was going to it would be very difficult for my particular college situation where I, you know, when, you know, I ran, I mean, they gave us extra stuff to eat because I played football, but I ran out of those food stamps. I mean, like as quickly as possible when I was at McMurray, if somebody was going to be like, Hey, uh, you can eat at my restaurant whenever you want to, because you play football at McMurray college, I would have done it in a freaking heartbeat. And wouldn't you ask your coach I mean, if I, it was, uh, if it was legal or not? No, I wouldn't have cared. I mean, free food. I was hungry. Well, but you would have cared, and you know, back when you were playing, it wasn't in the media as much. But a player now, if they get any kind of smarts at all, is going to protect their playing career, protect their reputation, and anything that's a little shady, I would think they would double check. Is this okay, Coach? Uh, by the way, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this. Back then, it was just as big a story, and I think there were more uh, occasions where teams were getting busted and it was in the news mm-hmm. that, you know, don't do this and don't do that, to be honest with you. I'm going I'm to have to disagree with you on that part. And, and and the other point is, do you know how many kids get away with it? It's so funny that we're talking about, oh, you know, Reggie Bush, you know, was wrong for taking the, the uh, like whatever it was, the whole package, hundred dollars to $250,000 uh, that he was given. How do, and I, I love Vince Young, and I thought at the time, if you remember, I always said at the time Vince Young should have won the Heisman. That was before the bowl game, too. Who says that Vince Young wasn't given all kinds of money by people to go to Texas? Yep. You know, do, do you understand the difference? Mm-hmm. Reggie Bush was given money by an agent, so that guy would sign with Reggie Bush. He, USC had nothing to do with it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Who says that a booster didn't give money to Vince Young to play football at, at Texas? Vince Young was one of the top high school players in the country that particular mm-hmm. year. Are you saying that's a, a worse of a violation if a booster gives a player? And you might be right. Yeah, well, absolutely. For the for the reasons why a school should be shut down. Uh-huh. Okay, one was the USC is getting losing a, a chance to go to a bowl game. Because somebody that had absolutely nothing to do with USC yeah, okay. gave one of their players money. Mm-hmm. What if, you know, everyone's like, well, uh, you know, Auburn should be awarded the, the national championship in 04 because somebody gave Reggie Bush money in, mm-hmm. in uh, January of 05. Well, who's to say that Jeff Campbell and Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams and Carlos Dansby, the star players for that Auburn team, weren't given money by Auburn boosters. And to be quite honest with you, if you're the NCAA, what's worse? Because that agent could have given money to any player at any school, and it didn't matter where that kid was going to school. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's not like these these players can be watched by the compliance people 24 hours a day. Is that what they're supposed to do? We have uh, 85 scholarship players on our team, so we're going to have to hire uh, you know, three different compliance people mm-hmm. for every, for, you know, to work eight hours a day to watch these kids, you know, and monitor their phone calls and everything they do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's impossible. Or is it you know, maybe the boosters that these, these, what do you call it, these uh, universities can control are all of a sudden given money to players to go to particular institutions, and you mm-hmm. know that happens. That's that's more of a uh, conspiracy. You're, you're bringing up a good point. It's one I had not thought of. If it's true, you're absolutely correct. The outside agent, if, 
in fact, he is pretty much uh, separated from the institution and doing this on his own for his own future financial gain. Uh, I agree with you. That's that's less of a moral and even a physical violation. It's bad. It's illegal. But for the university to suffer penalties, that's much less than some kind of conspiracy. And maybe that's even too strong a word. But where the boosters knowingly are paying a player to make him or not make him, but to influence him to come to the institution, that's worse. I agree with you than an outside agent. Assume it. The outside agent is not contact that are in any way part of the university. Yeah, here's the difference that I'm going to tell you. Okay, Coach, I, I don't, I'll use you as an example. Uh-oh. Somebody says to you, okay, we're going to monitor. Remember, before you go on, I, I've always said one of my quotes is, nobody is completely useless. One can always serve as a bad example. Well, okay, Thank so you think, about, think about this as a, as a way to look at it. Somebody says to you that the difference of whether you're a good parent, Mr. Cohn, is whether or not your kids do drugs. It doesn't matter if they get straight A's. It doesn't matter if, you know, they help old ladies across the street. The difference is whether or not they're a good par- you're a good parent if your kids do drugs. Yep. So you have, at the beginning of the school year, you talk to both your kids, and you say to them, do not do drugs. Whatever you do, blah, 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 it's bad for you. You'll uh, lead to worse drugs. And then, and then you find out later that uh, one of your kids on the way home from school, somebody just gave him some pot, he smoked some pot. All of a sudden, you're a bad drug. You're a bad parent because your kid took drugs. You couldn't be around your kid 24 hours a day. You can't watch both of them 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's worse? You not being able to watch your kids all day long and one of them smokes some pot. Or you're the guy who's like, oh, okay, I'll be a bad parent. You give your kid some pot. Okay, so that's kind of like the example of, I, that's why I don't say it's illegal or even wrong. How could USC be around these kids 24 hours a day and and monitor everything they do? So, I, I mean, it's not even like they did something wrong. I, I honestly, Coach, I, I'm, it's it's really jacked up in this situation. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it is it is 90% the agent, 99.9% uh, Reggie Bush, and like that 0.1% the university. Yet the university mm-hmm. is the one who's getting it in the butt the worst. Yeah, you bring up bring up some great points, no question about it. By the way, I'm not so positive that Reggie Bush uh, came from. I could be wrong, but I'm not so positive he came from the quote-unquote impoverished background. Yes, he did, Coach. He okay. came from the 619, the worst part of San Diego, Coach. Okay. He did, without right. question. Without okay. question. All right. You got some solid yeah, knowledge on this. I like what you're saying, big dog. No question about it. 888-463-6748. If you're an agent out there, you want to take issue with the big dog, we'd love to get you on. If Even if you're not an agent and you want to pretend you are, uh, we'll get you on as well. You can always play an agent on the uh, sports talk show. That's what we're all about. 888-463-6748. The phone number. By the way, Brian Bauer, our uh, in-studio host on Friday, uh, Joel. As they beat the smoke, as a beat the smoke contestant, he picked Illinois and backdoored that one for a victory. He took Michigan. That wasn't a backdoor. That was a hang on victory. Whatever you want to call it. Okay. Uh, Michigan gave up two points. They won by 20, so he got that one easy. And then help me out. Cincinnati giving up two and a half to Fresno. (laughs) You took for Cincinnati against, you never, you never take them to Fresno State, by the way, is the one team. The rest of the season, that can beat Boise State. Let's okay. just throw it out there. Fresno State is good, so I'm gonna, good this year. I'm going to assume Brian Cincinnati. finished 2-1. and one. Fresno yeah, beat they, Cincinnati. They, they whooped Cincinnati. By the All way, right. Coach, the, the actual definition of a backdoor cover yep. is what North Carolina did to LSU. 
that's a backdoor cover is you're getting points and you're getting blown out and you come back and make it a game, but you don't actually win. That's mm-hmm. the backdoor cover. That's exactly what North Carolina did to LSU. All right. Thank so. you for that uh, definition. I feel like I'm a better man for having known that. But well, well, if we're going to be doing a, a, a against the spread show, we should okay. probably know the like terminology, okay. coach. Thank you. You're, you are a wealth of knowledge today. This is outstanding. The big dog, Joel Radwanski, bringing it to us here on a uh, beautiful Wednesday in the fine city of Chicago. By the way, I also started off the season, big dog, not to be outdone, shocking the world with a 3-0. and I think I went 3-0. and anyway, I had Purdue. That was a half. You covered by half a point. I had Nebraska giving up 37 and a half. I think I won that. Um, Coach, I... I think they won 49-10. We we're going to have to check that because they okay. might have won 44-7, but I'm not right. sure. Uh, we'll go 2-0 and unless it can be proved differently. I'm pretty sure I checked that, but could be wrong. And then I had Miami of Ohio, what I took, the 36-and-a-half against Florida, and I definitely won that one. So I believe I came in with 3-0. and Either way, big dog, a highly impressive uh, opening debut for the Schmoes. We may be tough to beat this year, my friend. Yeah, well, I, I certainly hope so, Coach. I'm not going to start patting myself on the back until oh, I on. get to the point where I'm guaranteed I will be over 52.8%, which anybody that knows anything about gambling with the with the juice money is the break-even point. So yeah. if you don't pick at 53%, your wife's going to be extremely PO'd at you is the yeah. best way for me to tell you. You can pat your back if you want, or you can be like the great Irish uh, sports predictor, sports handicapper. I don't know if you heard him or not. His name is Pat McGroin. Someone said Pat McGroin, and someone else said Pat Jerome. Is he related? Uh, that's Cousins of Phil McCracken, right? No, I think he's related to Gerald Fitzpatrick, though. Oh, okay. Kind of weak. All right. <laughs> Blue 42 Red 17. It's not football Friday yet. 888-463-674. And we got to talk a little baseball when we come back. Not a good day yesterday for our beloved White Sox U.S. Hey, Open. you're going to lose, lose big. U.S. Open tennis, and we got some FIBA basketball to talk about, too. Uh, Big Dog, when we come back, please let us know what the FIBA stands for in FIBA. I've been trying to figure it out because I don't understand why there would be, like, a federal (laughs) and association, a federation and an association in the same name. God God bless you, and take two in the morning. All right, we'll take a quick break. Back in about 38 seconds. Two guys and a mic, Chick-fil-A. It's all a conspiracy, and Chick-fil-A controls it all. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it 
Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Big dog, the Chick-fil-A conspiracy continues during the break. Producer extraordinaire, a man with a wealth of knowledge, David Olson, informed him that, in fact, Chick-fil-A is, uh, you said it wasn't here in the Midwest, Big Dog. Well, it's coming, and it's coming soon. Yes, David. You sure it's not just not breathing heavy? <laughs> now the uh, first stores are opening uh, sometime this month. Really? Inclu- including Aurora. No way. Yeah, Aurora, Orland Park, and Wheaton are opening this month, and they're hoping to have... 25 stores in the Chicagoland area within two years. See that? Maybe I can wear the fry machine, work the fry machine there. If you, if it's their famous crisscross fries. Well, those are good. Those, I, I, don't, I, do, I, I have to. Uh, somebody gave me some Arby's curly fries the other day. So it was like the first time I had eaten anything from Arby's in four years. And I got to admit, I, I was like addicted to those things. It was like I was saying stuff to that guy I don't think I should have said. Does Arby's still have their famous uh, half potato cake? You know the little half moon shaped potato cakes. Those are gone. Ugh. You could you could find out there's an Arby's right on the other side of the parking I have, lot. I have no desire to go to an Arby's, but I've never been to a Chick Fil A. Even though, and again, if you're just joining us, the Chick Fil A reference is uh, we started talking college football. They of course have a bowl game. Joel informed me that the North Carolina LSU game was played at a neutral site, the Georgia Dome, in honor of Chick-fil-A, or Chick-fil-A starting this tradition, and it started to roll, and we started to kind of surmise that possibly Chick-fil-A is starting to take over the entire college football world, and it's going to build from there, and here they are coming to the Midwest. I've never actually, what are they, is it chicken sandwiches? It, yeah, chicken sandwiches. Fried or? or? Yeah, they're fried. Uh, they're fried, but they do they do have grilled, and they also have baked. So I found it to be really overrated. You know, when she, sometimes you hear about these chains that are not in your area, and you're like, "Oh, you got to try it. It's the best. It's the best." Because they got them all over Florida, and I've got a lot of family in Florida. So, can you get a hamburger at a Chick Fil A? Um, no, you can't. Okay. I no, love those stores. Eat more, you know, the whole beef thing. Eat more chicken. Like that's their thing, Coach. Yeah, no. beef there. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. Except when it's fried chicken, it's not any better. I love the places, Big Dog, where uh, there's there's a Mexican place, um, maybe about a couple miles down here on Milwaukee Avenue. I forget the you know, hermitos or whatever, you know, and the side, burritos, tacos, enchiladas, quesadillas, and then over on the other side of it, pizza by the slice. Hamburguesas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate the people, too, that go to a restaurant that specializes in something they purposely or unpurposely, they order, like, you know, the other byproduct? Yeah, I never, I never really got that, Coach. Like, I, I go to, a, I go to a restaurant and like, when, I don't even look at the menu normally. I'm like, what's your special? That's normally what I eat is their special. Mm-hmm. So, unless it's like the consomme, then I probably won't eat it. So. <laughs> oh, the, or the chef surprise. Once you see the chef, I'm not sure you want the surprise. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no question about that. <laughs> yeah. All right, back on the uh, two guys at a mic show. TalkZone.com, 888-463-6748, the phone number. We had mentioned very quickly uh, the mayor of Chicago, Big Dog. Some of the other folks outside the Chicago area may be not aware, but our long-time, long-time mayor, 21 years at the helm, will be leaving his post, and uh, I believe it is next February we have the elections. We'll have a new mayor here in the city of Chicago. Your thoughts on this? Well, uh, this is good. Hopefully I can get a job getting signatures for the new mayor, get Get about two dollars a pop for a signature, make it you know like fifteen twenty thousand in a month. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea. I'm just gonna have to 
ask one of my buddies to actually use their address as a home address. Is what I want to have to do. Well, Anybody that lives in the city of Chicago, please contact me that knows me. Uh, another <laughs> another thing is I got to be quite honest with you, Coach. You did you see? Did you see the like the I don't know the speech or whatever the heck you want to call it of him saying he was stepping down? Did you see it? Uh, uh, bits and pieces. I did not see the actual. Okay, because uh, uh, David, how about you? Did you see it? I saw bits and pieces as well. Okay, I, I watched it. and I got to admit, he, you know, at at points he looked like like he was relieved. And he was happy and everything was good. And then at other points, he looked like really uncomfortable, to be honest with you guys. And he never, never really, he wasn't a good public speaker, but he never looked uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think people are closing in on him. I think people might have information about Mr. Daly that is not good. And I don't think he wants to be the mayor when he has to defend himself and goes to court, to be quite honest with Interesting. you. Interesting. Is... This guy has been Mr. Untouchable. How many people, I mean, it's been at least 10 different people that work for the city of Chicago have been, that he put in place, that mm-hmm. have been knocked out for corruption. Yep. Well, I think finally they might have a case against him. Also done a and couple of bad deals, right? The that mayor he's, when he's defending himself. He's got or himself he just to... might, might be out of town by the time, like, okay, I'm no longer the mayor. Watch, he's going to end up selling a bunch of his, uh, a bunch of his homes besides one, because he'll keep one in the city of Chicago. He's got enough money to abandon one home. And then <laughs> next thing you know, He's going to be like in Belize, or he's going to be hanging out with the Mangala family down in South Africa, <laughs> South America. And the, and the funny thing is, the yeah. thing that they might get him on is the sewer contract for his son. Is, isn't that what they they're investigating? Yeah, bad. Yeah, the whole. I, I, I lost track, but you're exactly right. I don't know if that's the one, but they are definitely investigating that one, David. Yeah, so, that, and that, look, that looks like the one where his hands are the dirtiest. That, 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 that's the one thing that he's. That's one thing that he's always managed to do. He's he's kept enough of a cushion for himself in between the wrongdoings that are going on in the city that that you couldn't tie it to him. You know, there are like you know three or four intermediaries before it got to him. Uh huh. And by so, that, it's hearsay. Exactly. Exactly. We, here on our show, we call it heresy. <laughs> Thank you very much. And the, there, park, there the parking meter deal was not a particularly good one either, right? He no, got no, himself no, no. A, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, a couple just... of deals recently where they are badly in debt now, and I think he's freely admitted mm-hmm. that they're mistakes. So uh, that that might have added to it also. Yeah, yeah. It's the parking deal, of course. The strikeout on the uh, 2016 Olympics. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the airport he, expansion has fallen apart. How about the tollway? Now I don't know if that's been considered a bad move, but he basically. Sold, um, help me out that here. Not, the, the, the Skyway. The, he basically, yeah, the Skyway. Yeah, yeah the Skyway. And, and I don't know that that's, there's any controversy with that. I don't even know if it's been considered a bad deal, but I know financially we, uh, right? For, to, to basically to get money now, we gave away the Skyway and all its, uh, finances it could bring in down the road the next 20, 25 years. Yeah, exactly. What about the parking meters, too? Well, we brought that up. That That's definitely, he admitted, I think, that was a big did. mistake. He did. He and the guy who, mistake conducted that uh made that deal got fired so there is some problems but on the other hand the city of chicago you go down there joel and we've talked about it one of the most gorgeous beautiful cities architecturally culturally from entertainment standpoint restaurant i mean it is a beautiful beautiful city it's a city that works uh, maybe behind the scenes not so well but it is uh, an absolutely gorgeous city he's done a great job with that aspect of it at any rate do you know if you own a home in the city of Chicago? Yep. If you own a home, uh, considering that Illinois has uh, the, the highest state taxes in America, Cook County has some of the highest taxes in America, 
The real estate taxes in the city of Chicago are absolutely ridiculous, and Chicago has some of the highest taxes, plus the, the fact that the, the, what do you call it, the, um, what do you call it, the actual taxes when you buy something in the city of Chicago are the highest in America. More than half of your money goes to tax if you live in the city of Chicago and own a home. More than 50% of what you make. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. So you, it better be the most beautiful city in, the, in, uh, in America, considering that if you live here, you're really paying for a nice city. Mm-hmm. And you're also paying I for mean, all these guys to be corrupt. And, and oh God, it, I, living uh, in this particular state is just absolutely amazing. So, I'm going to put so. you down in the category of not exactly a Mayor Daily supporter. I'll mark one down in the uh, the no category for that. By the way, Big Doe, you mentioned... That you might uh, go out and, and make some money getting signatures for some potential candidates. I had other thoughts. I had people going out getting signatures, possibly for you. Because I think we all know we need, for the mayor of Chicago, we need an outside-the-box, somebody different. We don't want the standard politician. I think the, the citizens of America, the citizens of the city of Chicago, we are ready for something different, I think. You should throw your large, rather large cranium in the ring, and we'll get some people out there to get signatures for you. Coach, you know what? I will be more than happy to do it, and I'm going to tell people straight up that I will not be corrupt. Yep. Okay, I, I will definitely not take money. Uh, I will do it the right way. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and you know how I feel about it. If you're an elected official, I think that if you actually take money and basically screw over your constituency, you should be hung. Mm-hmm. And I'm serious, and I know you don't agree with it. You think it's a little too much, but uh, I, I think that you you should be considered a traitor against the state, yep. and you should be executed. I, and I'm being 100% honest with you. I hate these people. They they kiss the baby. They talk about, oh, I want to do it for the little guy. I want to do all this. And the next thing you know, they're selling their soul yep. You know, to put people, give people contracts, screw other people over, basically rob from the till. You know, And then, oh, they get a slap on the wrist. They get the, when they get caught. Uh, you know, they get stripped of their privileges, they lose their pension, and then they mm-hmm. spend a couple years in some high-profile, yep. really nice uh, penitentiary yeah. when they've stole millions from the people of their state or their st- city or their county. I feel Those your pain. People should be hung and killed. I'm not kidding you, Coach. That's how I feel about it. Okay, they, I, they are a traitor to the United States of America. I, I, if you're an elected official and you rot from your constituents. I, I'm with you in the hatred. I feel your pain, no question, but I'm not going to go so far as to execute it. But I'm right with you. I think it's one of the worst crimes you can commit, and it sounds really, really weird, and it's probably not true, but a little bit of it is true. In some minor sense, that person, the one you're just describing, is more evil than the one who, on the spur of the moment, loses their cool and shoots somebody and takes somebody else's life. Now, the I, end, I totally agree with you. The I end totally result agree. is much worse, but what what is so despicable about the people you describe, what, what, and why I feel your pain, Big Dog, is because it's thought out. It is premeditated. They think about it, and it is known, and they're going to get greedy, and they're going to get more money at the expense of other people who can't afford to lose it. It's thought out greed, and that is the only word I can think of despicable. So I feel your pain. Yeah, and they're basically taking advantage of the democratic process that is the United States of America is what they're doing. God bless America. Yes. I, I, I mean, I don't know if I can really. I mean, it sounds like I'm being uh, kind of harsh, and, and but I can't even tell you. It's even more to that than me. I mean, how many I would, signatures? Blagojevich in a room alone with me, I would beat him to a pulp. Put him in so, a good heck. Put him in a good neck hole. Uh, the the rear naked joke. A, yeah. 
Give him a little no, nuggie. No, I would make sure I I uh, I would uh, get full mount and do a little ground and pound on him before I ever put Take him in easy. that uh, the rear naked choke. Take it easy. Shave his hair and give him a nice good nuggie. That's what he needs. And then, um, by the way, I, it, I would I would make sure I know a girl that can take care of Patty too because I can't stand that woman either. I, kinda, I cannot stand the Blagojeviches. There's so many different in her positions I don't like, and they're definitely way up there. Somehow in her um in her shadiness, in her minuscule despicableness, in her Badness. There's something attractive about her. No, not at all, Coach. I, I, cannot, I, some, no. I find her somehow a little bit. She's disgusting, but slightly sexy. Well, well, the thing people always forget about her is that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. You her remember dad. who her father yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean. Uh, yeah. And the father had major controversies with Blagojevich then, right? Yeah, Dick Mel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a falling out as well. Big Dog, how many signatures does it take for us to get you on the ballot? Do you know? Uh, 5,000 legitimate signatures. That's it? Yep. Oh, we That's can get it. We could have a convention. We could have one night at a bar with our two guys and a mic listeners. We could get that done probably at a happy hour from 5 to 7. It's it, They have to be legitimate, though, Coach. And you know uh, what's funny is because they put them on these 10... Ten, uh, like ten line sheets. So you get ten people per sheet. Mm-hmm. So just say you get nine legitimate signatures and one bad one on there. Yep. Okay. All ten don't count. That's not good. Yeah. So you got to get like you, you got to do a lot that of might, signatures. Do you know what I'm saying? You have to do uh, a lot of them. That so. might throw a crink into our plans of having you elected mayor. But at least uh, we've got the seeds planted here. Let me read you real quick. Uh, go ahead, Dan. Oh, what were you going to say? Because uh, I've got the Chicago Tribune's got some pretty funny ones on on sports personalities. Okay. What their button would say would say running for mayor. Okay. Well, I was just going to point out I've got like the qualifications here for mayor, and oh, unfortunately, okay. uh, Big Dog is not eligible. Really? What what part knocks him out? Well, he Living hasn't. He doesn't live in the. Live in the yeah, you got to live in the city. For oh, at we least can a take year. care of that. Not a problem. Next. Yeah. Okay, candidates must file petitions to get on the ballot. Mayoral, mayoral candidates need at least twelve thousand five hundred okay. valid okay. signatures. Okay, so we got to valid signatures from registered city voters. Not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. A couple okay. of happy hours with our two guys at a mic show. Yeah. Maybe we get uh, winning Wednesdays in here and uh, uh, our law show, barely legal. We'll get them to support. We'll be all set. Next, what's next? Right now, two for two, Big Doug. No problem. Okay, well, you got to do that by November twenty second. Not an issue. Okay. Oh heck yeah, I'm going to make some. I'm going to make some nice points for that. Okay. Bears will be seven and zero at that point. The city will be all enthusiastic. Right. Uh, then the election is on <laughs> February twenty second. Ah. All right. Piece of cake. Yeah. A few little kinks to work out, Big Dog. Have your uh, campaign manager talk to my campaign manager. They'll do lunch. Can I read? Can I read you a couple buttons real quick, Big Dog? Oh, please, please. Via the Chicago Tribune. These are the buttons for potential sports personalities running for mayor. Quit your whining. Mike Ditka for mayor. And all of these, by the way, have a picture of the athlete in the middle. Uh, Ozzie Guillen in the middle. On top of the button. This city better blank, 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 blank work. Ozzie Guillen for mayor. Lovey Smith. Picture of Lovey on the bottom. Chicago is our city. Uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe Keem Noah, his motto, what's so good about Cleveland? <laughs> Alfonso Soriana on the top of the button. Given what I'm making, I'll pay for, and on the bottom, everybody's parking. Ryan Sandberg, I'm your man, unless I get that other job in parentheses. Uh, Olin Krutz, the one thing I won't hike is your taxes. 
Olin oh, Krutz for mayor like of Chicago. One, Olin. Heck yeah. Very nice. Starlin Castro. What the city needs now is a Castro in power. And finally, Sammy Sosa, campaign speeches in English, press conferences in Espanol. Sammy Sosa for mayor. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's solid. Oh, oh goodness. Big dog from Chick-fil-A to Marilyn Monroe to your uh, potential running for mayor. I've enjoyed this show, my friend. Yeah, we're definitely a, a strong one, Coach. And so if people have missed anything, they can definitely go to twoguysandamike.com yep. yep. and download uh, this particular episode. One thing I've noticed, I don't know if it's a positive or a negative, but the less we talk about actual sports, the better our show becomes. The, Coach, I have to admit it's 100% true. I don't really know yeah. how much sports I could talk anyway. Yeah, and again, I, you know, the, the good part is we didn't get to break down the White Sox loss. They're four and a half back. But nothing to worry about. We got John Danks on three days rest going up against Dr. Jerry Bonderman. Dr. Jerry Bonderman? Yes. Jeremy Bonderman? Yep. Well, he's been had enough operations to actually have it work out. So I'm just <laughs> excited that we have a new mayor coming because that, that means work for me, and I'm not kidding. So. All right. All right. Big Dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much, my friend. All right. You have a good one, Coach. Ah, be good. Big Dog, back tomorrow at 10 o'clock. David Olson, our producer. Thank you so much. Stick around for what's next show coming up, Dave. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> When's Barely Legal coming up at 12? It's coming up at noon. At noon? I'll be there. Am I one of the guests today or not? I forgot. I'm not scheduled? You can go ask there uh, in the next office. Well, I'll take that as a no. We'll see you at 10 o'clock tomorrow, folks. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>